Good morning, church. How are we going? How good is the family of God, right? And come together, pray together. Can I straighten that? Is that okay, Jordan? I'll just see how we go. Um, so good. I'm so encouraged by the family here this morning. So thank you. Um, so I want to ask you a question this morning. I wonder what your picture of God is like, which is a broad question, right? I'm sure it's big. What pieces of the puzzle do you hold that make up who our God is, what his character is like? You might look at the Old Testament and maybe have a picture that God is wrathful or you might you know, fly across to the New Testament and have a picture of God as shown in Jesus as a God of love. I wonder what your different puzzle pieces are this morning of who our God is. You know, we call this thing biblical theology. It's a story of God that we see throughout the Bible. And as we read his word, we are adding to that picture of who God is. We want to have a strong knowledge of God, don't we? We want to have a right and true picture of who our God is. And it's so important for our faith because, you know what, when we look at God, when we behold him as he truly is, it changes us and we see ourselves as who we truly are. We see ourselves in the right place in front of a holy God and we can understand ourselves more rightly. I think it was Calvin who said there, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of self, it goes hand in hand. We can't have a knowledge of ourself without knowing who God is. And I think that's what the world does today, right? They're trying to have this knowledge of themselves without seeing who God is. And you can't do that. You can't separate one from the other. We are always learning more about who he is and what it requires. So can I just encourage you as we come around his word today to look at one of just one of the attributes of God? Would you come with a, a humble heart? How about we'll just pray right here and now. Heavenly Father, we just invite you into this space. We thank you that you are a good, good Father. We thank you that you meet with us wherever we are at. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, as we come around your word today, would you just show us another piece of who you are? Would you deepen our understanding of our knowledge of you, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to have a look. We're going to start by looking at a verse in the Bible that is actually repeated across Scripture more times than any other verse. I wonder if anyone knows what it is. I had no idea until someone brought it to light for me, but um, we're going to pop it up on the screen behind me, and it's Exodus 34, verse 6. And this is when Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments and God passes by him in a cloud and God declares himself, he gives himself this um, description and it says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And it goes on, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So this verse is like a banner. It declares who God is. It stretches out over all of those puzzle pieces that we discover about him. And I love this quote by Sam Albury. It says, everything else we read needs to be read in light of this. It forms a context and framework for everything else God will reveal to us about himself. 
This is what we find at the deepest core of his being. Nothing better expresses the heart of who he is. And you know, when you um, come to understand something, you've made aware of something and you start seeing it everywhere. So I had a friend last year and she was getting a new car and she showed me, you know, the, a picture of it. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen that that car before. And she's like, oh, you'll see it everywhere now. And I did. So I was seeing this red Mazda, whatever it was, all the time. It pops up. And for me, it was the same with this scripture. And I pray it will be the same for you. You'll start to see this little quotation, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So we get five different attributes in this declaration of God's character. Compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And it would be so awesome to go through them all today, but we're just going to zoom in on one, which is compassionate. We're going to go, we're going to do a little Bible study. So are you guys up for that? Does that sound good? I love, love Bible studies. So we're going to do some Bible gymnastics flip around here and there. I'll put them up on the screen for you as well. But little tip, if you want to do some more, you know, meditate on this later on. As I say the reference, just scribble it down in your notes and you can go and look it up later on. All right. So a compassionate God. What does that mean? If God describes himself as compassionate, what do you think that means? What, what do you think of when you think of the word compassion? Well, the Hebrew word for compassion is, I'm going to try and say, I've got to get that throat thing going, Raham, Raham, do you want to say it? Raham, there you go, you did it. Um, now this word, it actually comes from the Hebrew word for womb. So it's from a person's core deep within us. And if we think about a womb, we think of that place where a mother and baby are intimately connected. We are imagining those feelings that a mother has towards her vulnerable child within her. Um, when this use this word's used in scripture, it can be describing a situation, but often it's talking about God and his compassion. So we're going to look at um, 1 Kings chapter 3 as an example. I think the slides are coming, so bear with us, but I will read along. You can flip open in your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 3. Um, so it's the story of King Solomon. So we have these two women to, who come to him claiming the baby is both theirs. You've probably heard this story before. Um, they're fighting because one of the children, the babies has died and the other one is alive. So they're fighting over who's the, who the live baby belongs to. They're arguing before the king, it says in verse 22. Verse 23, the king says, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. And then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. That's not compassion. That's something else. But obviously he wasn't going to go through that. We're getting to the compassion part. Verse 26, the woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son. And said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. And the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. Verse 26, it said that the woman was deeply moved out of love for her son. And this phrase in Hebrew, it's using that word compassion. She would rather that the other life baby live and go to the other woman then die and it's her compassion that re reveals she is a true mother let's flip back to genesis 43 and we read the story of joseph 
which is such an incredible story. And he's been through so much. He's been deserted um, by his brothers. They sold him into slavery. He was accused of adultery. He was thrown into prison and then forgotten in prison. And then he's, of course, um, becomes, you know, almost at the right hand of Pharaoh ruling over all of Egypt. And there's a famine in the land. And what happens? His brothers come to seek food. They don't have any food. And in so it's Genesis 43, verse 29. Um, Joseph has his brothers standing before him and he hasn't seen them for years. And his youngest brother, Benjamin, is there. It says, as he looked about and saw his brother, Benjamin, his mother's own son, he asked, is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God, be gracious to you, my son. Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. So he was deeply moved at seeing his brother that he hadn't seen for, I should have researched, I'm not sure how many years it is, but many years, many, many years. And he is just moved with emotion. So you get this idea of deep emotion. Maybe you can think of times in your life when you've had that gut-wrenching emotion and it's moving him to tears. I want to come to Isaiah 49 now, and this is a picture of God's compassion. Now, the Israelites, of course, they were just up and down, back and forth. They were just like a yo-yo. They would turn to God, turn away from God, turn back to God, turn away from God. They just couldn't stay on the right track. And we read Isaiah and it's talking about um, God's message of judgment to the people of Israel. Um, and in Isaiah 49, 14, we come to this passage and it says, Zion said, so it's the people of God, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. They feel like they're left on their own. Verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Verse 16 says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. They're wondering, does God really care about us? Is God even there? As David said this morning, sometimes it's hard to feel God's presence there with us. And the prophet Isaiah gives us this picture of God as a nursing mother. So that intimacy of a mother holding her baby in her arms right just a few inches from her face and, and you know, a child with their big eyes looking up into the mother. It's that picture of intimacy, of closeness. The Lord says, you think I have forgotten you. A woman cannot forget her nursing child, the one that she grew within herself, the one that she holds tenderly in her arms and gives, gives them life out of her very self. A mother can't help but be concerned for her own child. And, you know, last month I got to meet my newest nephew. His name's Isaac Samuel. He's just so cute. He was a big little bubba, but um, it was so lovely to meet him. And, uh, you know, when there's a child that's born into the family, you just have so much pride well up within you and you're so proud and in love. And, and I was just overwhelmed with, you know, look at this precious child. And, you know, I get emotional at the best of times, so I'm just having a little moment and, it was so beautiful, but you know, um, as much love as I felt for my nephew, my sister, who is his mother, she would feel that that love from deep within her, even a billion times more than I do. And in this passage, God is saying to us that His affections towards His people in His Word and to each of us today 
is so much greater. It exceeds that of what a, a parent's a parent feels towards their child. It's such an intimate picture of the way that our Heavenly Father feels towards us. And, you know, sometimes it can feel a bit removed. I think we struggle to feel that, that love and, and, and tenderness of God sometimes. But let's look at it here in the scriptures this morning, see what it is saying. Now, this word compassion, it's not just an emotion, but it actually is in a verb form as well that moves God to actions. God acts. I want you to remember this if you don't remember anything else today. God acts out of who he is. We read earlier earlier, um, in the book of Exodus when we have the story of the burning bush and God says to Moses, because he says, "Who?" Moses says, who will I say sent me? Who will I call you? And God says to him, I am who I am. I will be who I will be. He was going to show them exactly what kind of God that he is. So there's this passage in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 9, if you'd like to turn there. It's a little long, but I'd love to read it to you this morning. And it's sort of giving us a summary of what um, the people of Israel have, have been through and how God responded to them. All right, so Nehemiah 9 verse 13. And Nehemiah's addressing God. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and gave them commands, decrees and laws through your servant Moses. In their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven and in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. We heard about that last week with Pastor Nathan. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. Verse 16. But our ancestors became arrogant and stiff-necked, and they did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But, the greatest word in the Bible, but you are for a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them, even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies. And here's the action part, verse 19. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths and you gave them water for their thirst. For 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out nor did their feet become swollen. God responds to his children with compassion when they cry out to him. As we just read there, it wasn't anything that the people did. But God acted out of who he is. And he is a God who's deeply moved. He is compassionate towards his children. And it's easy to point the fingers at the Israelites. They kept turning away, neglecting their part of the covenant with Yahweh. But we do the same thing. 
don't we? We test God. We think that we know better. We want to do things in our own way, in our wisdom. We want to be um, omnipotent. We want to know everything. We don't always seek him first and listen for his wisdom first. But God will respond in compassion as we turn to him. You know, I love this in the story of Jonah. I'll just give you guys a little summary how Jonah, God asked him to go and, and share this message to the Ninevites. And Jonah didn't want to go. And he went and we all know what happened with the boat and the ship, the, the whale and everything. And anyway, eventually Jonah goes. He's like, okay, I get the point. You made, you know, me get stuck in a whale. I'll go now. So Jonah goes to the king of Nineveh. And he, he says, this is the message of God. Repent, turn from your ways. And then guess what happens? They do repent and turn from their ways. And the king says, okay, maybe if we can uh, repent, we'll cover ourselves in sackcloth. It was a way that they humbled themselves before God. Um, he says, maybe if we do this, who knows? God might relent. Remember, this is not a, a people of God, but maybe God will relent and with compassion turn from us in his fierce anger so we don't perish. And when God saw what they did and turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And I just love this little statement by Jonah 4 verse 1. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. This is what, for some reason, he's got some heart issues, but this is what he didn't want to happen. I knew, he says, I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. That's at Exodus 34, 6 again. I knew this is who you are. I know this is what you were going to do if the people turned from you and like I said, he had some issues with, with getting his head around that. But this is who God is. He doesn't change his character. Time and time again, we see about God's compassion. When David sinned with Bathsheba, he calls upon the Lord, according to your compassion, Lord, would you take away my sin? Do you doubt God's compassion towards you this morning? Maybe we can quickly and easily say, oh, no, no, I know God's compassionate. But think about those, those places in your heart that only God knows about. Those cries of your heart. Do you think God has forgotten you in those? I hope that you're encouraged this morning that God is always deeply moved towards his people. He will meet you with compassion. And as we go through scripture, we see that God is pursuing his people. He sends prophet after prophet after prophet, after prophet, and they reject him. But he sends one more prophet to show what he is like. Out of his compassion, he sends his son to earth to deliver his people by entering into the suffering of humanity. Jesus was and Jesus is God's deep compassion become human. And just as God the Father compares himself to a nursing mother, Jesus in the book of Matthew compares himself to a mother hen. He wants to gather the chicks under his embrace. He says, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. We read time and time again throughout the Gospels about Jesus' compassion. I'm going to read it. If you want to jot these down, you can. Matthew 9, 35. 
Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as, having, as a sheep having no shepherd. Matthew 14, 13, and Jesus has just heard about um, his cousin and, and his forerunner, John the Baptist, that has been killed. When he hears what has happened, he withdrew privately to a solitary place by boat. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. He's in a time of grief himself. Verse 14 says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Another time, Luke seven thirteen, he's walking through a town and he sees this procession come through the town. And a son was being carried out. He had died and he was the only child of his mother. She was a widow. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. That's that phrase again, like being deeply moved. And he went up and he said to the young man, I say, get up. And the man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is compassion in action. Jesus embraces the sick and cares for the outcast. He is moved by our suffering. Don't believe the lie that he doesn't see the things that are happening. I'm not here to say that um, he's going to heal everybody instantly. We can look around and see the, the brokenness in our word, world, whether it's physical suffering all the different types, but don't be fooled into believing the lie that God doesn't see and have compassion on his children and that he will bring um, healing to pass. He is moved by my suffering. He's moved by your suffering. And in the ultimate expression of compassion, Jesus goes into death itself to rescue us and bring us near to God. Isn't this our greatest need? Not to discount any physical needs that we had this morning, but we have been healed from the bondages of sin and made right before our Heavenly Father. Praise God. I love this quote. The glimpses we catch of Christ's compassion are the incarnation itself in miniature. He came to suffer with us and to do so on our behalf. The Christian gospel itself fills the gap between what we should expect from God because of our sin, and that's judgment, but what we actually receive from him is that compassion because of his son. We read in Isaiah, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will never forget you. And I don't know if you caught it earlier when I read it in verse 16. It said, behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. This verse is beautifully fulfilled in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. His ultimate act of compassion on the cross. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Love this quote. When we see, just like Thomas did, those nail-scarred hands of Jesus, we see how he has inscribed us, each of you today, on the palms of his hands with such love how could God ever forget his children? So 
So what does this look like for us today? Well, I hope that you're encouraged and reminded of the way that God feels towards each of you. But we are also called as followers of Jesus to imitate God's compassion that we see in Christ. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave, God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.12, We put on with compassion the accompanying virtues, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. How do we do this? How do we look at those around us, not just the ones we know, but our strangers, our neighbours across the street working on their fence? How do we look at them with the same compassion of how a mother looks upon a child, how our Heavenly Father looks upon us? And, you know, I think the first place to start is do we have that desire? And you know what? If it's not there, I'm here to tell you that's okay because we have a God who, who can change our hearts and bring his heart to ours and fill us with his desires and his longings as we're conformed to his likeness. But I loved seeing this pattern in Scripture. A couple of the verses we read, it points out that Jesus saw people first and then he acted. So let me read to you Luke 10.33, when he saw him. He had compassion. Luke 15, 20, when his father saw him, he felt compassion. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. He saw them. He looked at them. He beheld who they were. He stopped and looked at them. The singing preceded that feeling. It's only through the power of the Spirit that we can become the kind of people who see others and have compassion on them. We can become deeply moved by the people we see and the things that we face. Often we're just too busy and perhaps we make decisions in our lives that don't make any room for that. But I know just personally for myself as I've been studying this this week and looking at it, I've just been sort of overwhelmed at all of the needs that I'm seeing around me, you know, like Pastor Charles was mentioning all the, the needs of the people in our community and that, that we're associated with. I just, whether it's someone at the shops, whether it's a neighbour, whether it's a friend, are we seeing where they're at? I know that's a really, really big question, but please have a think about it this morning. Are we seeing those struggling with those health issues, those struggling with finances, those struggling with family life and parenting. Let's not be quick to move past the, yep, I'm great too, how are you? You know, move on. I pray even right now that those people are coming to your mind and, and that it's our prayer this week that as we go out and we walk, you know, our, our walk with Christ is happening as we go. Someone in my connect group pointed out to me this week. Um, it's going as we go out, as we walk it out. It's not just in here, guys. It's as we walk it out. It doesn't matter what you are doing, whether you feel like your role, your job, your studies, whether they are spiritual or not. That is, your, this is your ministry. As you go out, let's carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. 
May God give us eyes to see and the compassion that we see in Him to act it out. Can we make room for others? Maybe that means that we have to let go of our own timeline. Let's start with a desire that we want God to be glorified in our life. Like I said, maybe you don't have the desire. That's okay this morning. Let's pray. Let's come to the feet of Jesus and ask Him. He has everything we need. It is in Christ that we have strength to do all things. In Him. Don't think you've got to muster it up and just whip it up out of somewhere. It's only in Christ. Look for the compassion of God as you come to His Word, as you talk to your fellow believers and pray, Lord, please give me a compassionate heart like you do. I see where I'm lacking, Lord God, and I see that you are a compassionate God. There's going to be those people in our lives, maybe it's easy for us to have compassion with and those that it's not so easy But you know, I am such a believer that God has placed you where He has placed you for a reason. Even if you feel like it or not, you are in a circle of, you have a circle of influence and God has put you there. God has equipped you with your, everything that has happened in your past, with your family history, with the situations you're in right now, with the skills and the gifts and talents that He has given you. It is for the people around you. You know, My mum, she became a single mum when I was just 13 or 14 and she had four teenage girls and she did the hard work. She really did. And now when she sees other young mothers in the same situation that she was in, her heart is deeply moved towards them. And maybe there's people who have been through similar things to what you've been through in your life. God will use that. And I pray that as you look at those people and you might be surprised as they come out of the woodworks, as you start to stand firm and find your strength in Christ. When we can show the compassion of God to the world around us, we build upon that right and true picture of what God is like. We are showing the world what God is like more than it perhaps just preaching something at them or just, not just, but, you know, saying, oh, you should come to church or this and that. But we are actually showing them with our lives what that compassion looks like because He is a compassionate God and doesn't the world need to know it. I want to invite you all to stand this morning. And, you know, if that's a cry of your heart, whether you feel like you do have that compassion for others or whether it's lacking, if you want God to increase that in your life and in your heart this morning, if you want to be deeply moved to those around you, would you lift up your hands this morning? And I'm going to pray in a moment, but right now, would you just pray in your heart between you and the Lord? Let's have a time of confession a time of repentance before the Lord. For what does He desire but a humble heart? Father, we come humbly before you this morning and 
Lord, we confess that we don't always and often we don't see people the way that you do, Father. Because if we did, Father, we would be moved with that compassion. So, Lord God, would you just hear the cry of our heart this morning? Father, as we take um, a step, a heart attitude, Father, towards wanting your will to be done in our lives, Father, we pray Would you fill us with your compassion? Holy Spirit, I just pray for every person here and every hand raised that you would fill their hearts with the compassion that comes only from you. Remind us, Lord God, the compassion that you have given us, Father, that we would give out of that place. Lord, as we go about our our days and our week this week, Father, would you open our eyes to see the people in front of us? Lord, when we hear of situations, Father, that we would not be quick to move on, Father, we pray that you would stir something in our spirits, Lord, even if it's an inconvenience to us, Father. We want to do your will, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, Lord God. We need your help. Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that we can't do this without you. And we thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you're a compassionate God. And I just pray, Lord, for those people this morning who are feeling like you are far off or maybe perhaps forgotten. Father, would you remind them of your compassionate heart this morning? Would you speak your words of encouragement, Father? Would you build up their spirits and help them to see this is who you are, Father? Just thank you, Jesus. You know, and just as we come to finish, I wanted to ask if there's anybody who feels like they have not ever known God's compassion. Maybe this is a brand new idea for you that the God of the universe would look upon you in this way, that he would care this deeply for you and send his own son. He would actually take action And he would lay down and sacrifice the most precious thing just so that you could be brought near to him, so that you could know love, you could know freedom, and you could know the hope that is in God. You might have heard the story before of the prodigal son. And we hear about this son who had left his father and he'd he'd taken his inheritance and he'd squandered all his money on worldly things, things of no importance at all. And he realises, oh, I have nothing left. Maybe I'll go back home. My father, maybe I can be one of his servants or eat what the servants eat. And he goes back home to his father. And it says that when this son, this, this child was a long way off, and maybe that's you this morning, maybe you don't feel like you're anywhere near God or like God would want anything to do with you at all. But it says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him, even though he was far off. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he welcomed him in. So just as every head is bowed now and every eye closed just for privacy, If that's you this morning and you feel like you're far from God, that you have not known His compassion before and you want to take a step 
towards having a relationship with God and receiving His compassion, would you just lift up your hand quickly this morning? Thank you, Lord. just thank you for your grace towards us. Lord, as we cry out to you, as we respond to you, to seeing what your compassion is like, Father, we pray that you would hear our prayer and fill our hearts this morning. Lord, for those who want to know more about you, Father, would you draw them close? Would you speak to them your truth that they are welcomed in your arms, Lord God? We just thank you for your presence here this morning with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you um, responded this morning, you're welcome to come at the front. I'd love to chat with you afterwards. Um, but I hope you're encouraged and know that our God is just moved towards each of us this morning. We pray that you have an awesome week and um, a great time of connection. Why don't you head out to the cafe after church? We'll catch you next week. Thank you.